Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Just love to dive straight into the Word of God today. Really, really privileged to be able to be sharing His Word with you today. And we've been um, studying a, a series together called The Unshakables, which um, was really on Pastor Shane's heart um, to, to be preaching about in our Sunday morning services. And we've been learning about all of the ways in our life that we can develop an unshakable life in Christ. And that as our lives are built in Him, that it doesn't matter the storms of life, calm circumstances, calm struggles, calm suffering comes, and we can stand all through that through the power of Christ. So before we dive in this morning, let's just bow our heads and pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Lord, we pray today that as your word goes forth, Lord God, that it will achieve all that you intend it to do. We thank you, Lord, that there is power in your name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in your word today. And as we come together as your church family, Lord God, around your word together, speak to us, Lord. We open up our hearts, our minds, our lives to you, Lord God. And we just say, have your way, have your way in our lives today through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the unshakable life is built upon the unshakable rock of Jesus, who is the Word of God. This morning we're going to be speaking about having an unshakable hunger. What is it to have a a hunger in God that never is shaken, no matter what comes our way? We're going to be understanding what the Word of God says about that this morning. And what we're going to be looking at is that the unshakable life is hungry for and satisfied by God's Word. And this morning, the challenge to all of us today is what satisfies you? What satisfies you? If we turn to Deuteronomy together this morning, we're going to be reading from chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. What satisfies you? And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know That man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So the first thing we can see this morning is that hunger awakens need. We need him. He talks about the children of Israel in the wilderness. They needed food. Their physical bodies needed food. And that there was that need within them. And he gave them manna from heaven, which was not only a physical food, it was symbolic of things to come, that Jesus is the bread of life. And he says here that he humbles us and he tests us to know what's in our heart. Sometimes when we hit up against the things in our life where we're in need, we are being tested. What's really in our heart? It's easy to praise God when things are going well in our life, but what are we going to do when the hard times hit? What are we going to do when suffering hits? What are we going to do when persecution hits? What are we going to do when God doesn't answer our prayers? You know, what's in our heart? 
Our daughter was born with a disability and nothing has challenged our faith more than that. But we pray together and we pray. We, we confess God's life in her body. We confess his healing in her body. But we always say, Lord Jesus, we love you. And whether or not you answer our prayers, you are God and we will worship you. We will worship you always. I am very encouraged this morning to say that we've seen many miracles in our daughter's life. She's doing lots of things the doctors never thought she was going to be able to do. And we give God all the glory for that healing that he's done in her body. But through these seasons of need, we're hungry. There's something on the inside of us that is unsatisfied. That's what hunger is. It's an appetite that we need something. And God uses a parallel in Deuteronomy there where he's um, showing us the, the link between our physical and our spiritual hunger. And that is because all of life's needs rely on God's divine providence. He is our supply. Our God will supply all our need according to his richer riches in glory. And it's also important to understand when we're talking about hunger that desire and hunger are a gift to us. God put within us those needs. And he put those needs within us so that we would come to him. Why did he do that? Because he's a relational God. He's a God who longs to be with us. He's a God who longs to have relationship and friendship with us. And we can see that right from Genesis to Revelation, that it's God's desire to know the human race as individuals, as peoples, and as a whole human race. And that's God's heart to be connected with us. So the reason we have that hunger is not bad. But the danger is actually in the quality of the source that we use to meet that hunger. And if we think about it, if we think about our physical hunger, we can fill that up with junk food. Now, it's very easy if you're feeling a bit peckish in the afternoon. There's Cadbury Koala, the $1 one, sitting in that tea room. I'm feeling hungry. Might go and get one. It's going towards a good cause. I don't have to feel guilty. You go and have the caramel koala, and that's junk food. We know that it's mostly sugar. There's not much in there, so I probably shouldn't be naming brands and things like that if we're going to be podcast. Sorry, Cadbury. Anyway, that's what, I, that's what I used to do, see, in my lunch break when I was working my last job. Those fundraisers got me every time. And what you find is that when you first have that snack of junk food, you feel good. Sugar makes you feel really good straight away. You get the immediate burst, but then like, Half an hour later, you feel worse. You're like, oh, why did I eat that sugar? It didn't really satisfy my hunger. It felt good at the time, but it didn't really satisfy me. And um, it's funny, you know, when I was um, on Weight Watchers, I learned about um, the different ways that we could eat food that um, would sustain our energy levels. And there's a thing called a glycemic index. I think that's how you say it. And it's how long it takes your body to digest food. So sugar gets digested really quick. So what that means is the calories go straight in. They get burned up straight away. They're not sustaining. Whether you eat something like oats or whole grain bread or fruit or something like that, you eat it and it sustains you for long periods of time. And that's what God's talking about. We can have these spiritual hunger, but we can fulfill it with these short-term little bursts of things that feel good at the time, but they don't really satisfy us. Anything else just brings that temporary relief. But only God can satisfy that hunger that he's placed within us. Only he can satisfy us. 
Are you satisfied today? You ask yourself honestly, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied in your soul? What satisfies you? In Isaiah 55 verse 2 it says, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. So God's not talking about being on a diet. He's talking about eating rich food. Rich food, what does that mean? So I went to the Hebrew, and the Hebrew word deshen, that is translated as rich, means abundance, fatness, or the ashes of fat, which is the excess. So God wants us to eat food that's going to satisfy us. He wants us to be filled in abundance he doesn't want us to just have little drab here and a little bit there. He actually wants us to be filled and satisfied and overflowing as we feed on him. In Ecclesiastes 6 verse 7 says, All the labor of man is for his mouth, and that yet the soul is not satisfied. So we can spend all this time and energy and strength and dedication on things in this world that are fulfilling our physical needs. It might not just be food, it might be clothes, it might be our houses, it might be our cars, all these things that we work really hard for to fulfill our physical needs in our life. But is our soul satisfied with those things? What satisfies you? The word in that scripture there in Ecclesiastes for soul in the Hebrew is nefesh which means a soul, a living being, life, self, person, desire, passion, appetite, and emotion. So our soul is that part of our being which hungers. It has an appetite. It needs to be filled. It is full of desires. And God put that soul within each one of us. But yet we spend a lot of our life just trying to fulfill our physical needs and not feel the needs of our soul. What satisfies you? What's your deepest desire or longing? Do you think that if you got all the pleasure, power, possessions you wanted, do you think that would be enough? Well, we know that history and experience tells us that it's not. The more we get of those things, the more it seems to, to make our appetite seem less satisfied. Just like teasing it giving it little bursts of something and not just like that sugar. You know that um, they've told me that sugar is only one molecule away from speed. Well, and when I see my kids eat too much of it, I can understand why. Sugar does bad things. It's like a drug, isn't it? And um, it gives us that, that burst. And, you know, sometimes we can give those things to our soul. In our practical living, we just give ourselves those temporary things that you know, our soul's hungry and crying out. You know, that's how people get into addiction. That's how people get into pornography. That's how people get into unhealthy lifestyle because they're looking, just satisfy me now. I just want to be satisfied now, but it doesn't last, which is why they have to go back and back and back and back to the same thing. And that doesn't satisfy. Lust is never satisfied. It just creates this sense of, of dissatisfaction. We're created by and for God. 
and our hearts are factory of desires. So the battle remains, where will you satisfy your hunger and where will you satisfy your thirst? And the good news this morning is that you can be satisfied and sustained so that we're not only just feeding ourselves on something that's going to last for now, but it's going to sustain us for the long haul, not just in this life, but in the rest of eternity. Spiritual starvation must be avoided by feasting on God's word. There's no other way. There's no other, We can see in the world around us, people are shoving all sorts of things into their lives to try and be fulfilled. But unless we feast on God's word, then we will never be satisfied. And it's really interesting because when we look at the life of Jesus, the very, very first thing that he was tempted with by Satan was with his appetite. Very first thing, Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. He was starving physically. So what does Satan come with? In Matthew 4, verse 3 and 4, it says, And the tempter came and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. There's that scripture again. You see, Jesus knew who he was. He knew who he was because what had he been feeding on? The scriptures, the word of God. Even Jesus, the Son of God, fed on God's word. He fed in his human state. He was 100% God and 100% man. But he fed himself. And in fact, God prepared Jesus for ministry in that way. He used to spend time in the temple, feeding on the word of God and talking um, with the leaders in the temple. And it's just so amazing that when he was at his weakest point, what came out of his mouth? The word of God. And you know, Jesus is the word and he, he was in the beginning with God before the world was even created, but yet Jesus still meditated on Scripture. Awesome thought, isn't it? Awesome thought. So that was the first thing. And that's how we actually come against temptation in our life. When the enemy comes to bring things, that's, he's lying to us and telling us this is what we need and this is what you need to be happy and this is what you need to be satisfied. When we are tempted, the way that we combat that temptation, we follow in the footsteps of Jesus and we speak the word of God. We come back at him with the word of God. And you know, the enemy is so arrogant, he will try and use the word of God back at us because that's what he did with Jesus. Unfortunately, sometimes Satan knows the Bible better than we do. He's been around a lot longer. He knows it quite well. So we need to know who we are in Christ, that when he comes to try and deceive us, we stand firm, just like Jesus did. And he was back at him with the word, back at him with scripture. We're going to read from John chapter 6 this morning. love you to turn there this morning, just in understanding what it means to be satisfied and sustained. John chapter 6, reading from verse 26 to 35. And in reading this passage of Scripture, this is the day after Jesus has just done this awesome miracle of feeding 5,000 plus people with this tiny amount of food. There was no food, and this little boy came forward and said, I've got five rolls and a couple of fish. And Jesus took that and multiplied it and did this incredible miracle where he fed 5,000 men and there were women and children there as well. So it's an amazing, amazing miracle. So this is the next day. The next day, 
um, Jesus and his disciples had gone over the lake. Jesus had walked on water and they'd gone over the other side of the lake and the multitudes were trying to look for him. Where's this Jesus who fed us yesterday? We want to find him. Verse 26, it says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Wow. Sometimes that can be us with God. We want Jesus because of what Jesus can give us, what Jesus can do for us. I prayed for that job and I got it. So now I'm going to go to, to Jesus with my next prayer about you know where I can go with my career or what it is and you know what God does care about our lives and he does care about the small decisions in our lives but he doesn't want us just coming to him because of what he does for us he wants us to come to him because of who he is and that he is God and um, as we see that the people didn't understand the miraculous he says I tell you the truth you want to be with me because I fed you not because you understood the miraculous sign what was the miraculous sign? Yes, we know that Jesus took the loaves and the fish, but what was the miracle about that? What was the miracle that went beyond the physical and into the eternal? What was Jesus trying to demonstrate to people through that? That when we come with the faith of a child and we give him all we have, he will take it and he will multiply it and he will share it with others and he will use it for a great feast and a great harvest for many. And it's like that in our own lives. When we come to him just with that simple faith, he will take what we have. We might not feel like it's very much at all, but we give him everything, all we have, and he will take it and multiply it because he's a miracle-working God. And he doesn't want to just feed us for our own physical needs. He wants to make a difference in the lives of so many people. And we can't do that through our own human ability. We can only do it through the Son of God and through the power of his word. So we read on there, verse 27 says, But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied to Jesus, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one he has sent. Because when we truly believe in who Jesus is, when we truly believe in the work of the cross, when we truly believe in his authority on the earth and we allow his Holy Spirit to dwell within us, then it's his works that will shine forth. It would just be a natural progression for us that we would just shine his glory because we believe in who he is. We believe in what he's done on that cross. They answered and said, they still don't get it, these people. They're really not hearing what Jesus is saying. Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you true bread from heaven. And this is the real um, 
heart of this passage of Scripture here. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So we know that sustained satisfaction comes as we feast on God's word so that we draw from the bread of life, who is Jesus himself. So we see that we can be satisfied and sustained by a steady diet on God's word. What does a steady diet on God's word do in our lives? Well, in Psalm 19, verse 7 and 8, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, rejoicing the heart. So the first thing that a steady diet on God's word does in our lives, that revives our soul. And I've had times in my life battling depression, battling anxiety, facing insurmountable circumstances where I did not feel I could take another breath. How did I cope with that? I got on my knees I got out my Bible, I flipped it open, and I started speaking out the Word of God. And His Word of life revived my soul. I didn't think I could face another day. But yet His Word created something new in me and gave me the strength to stand up and keep going and to cope with everything that I was walking through. It revives our soul. It's supernatural power. The second thing a steady diet on God's Word does is it directs our path. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It guides us in every decision that we're making in life. We don't need to be afraid. We have the roadmap right here in his word. He's there to guide us, to lead us, to illuminate the path before us and lead us into all truth. It contains all wisdom, all understanding, all knowledge right here as he reveals it to us by his spirit. The third thing that having a steady diet on his word does is that it teaches, corrects, and trains us. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. It's within us. It's training us. We need to be corrected sometimes. Who knows that when we have children, if we love them, we'll correct them. And God does that for us. We all need correction. And through having a healthy diet on his word, we allow it to correct our lives. You see, we don't just turn to the word to reaffirm our beliefs. We turn to the word of God to challenge them. We need to come here every day so that we feed on that and are corrected and trained for everything that we need to face in life and everything that God wants us to do in life. The fourth thing it does is it satisfies. Psalm 63 verse 5 says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. There we are again, fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. So if we have this steady diet on his word, is that enough? Is it enough to feast and feast and feast on the Word of God and fill ourselves up and get fat on His Word? Is that enough? 
Well, if we look at James 1, verse 22 and 25, he says, we need to daily exercise his word too. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. So if all we do is feed and feed and feed on the word of God and and, and get all of our doctrines right and, and get all fat on theology and doctrine and the Bible, that the problem is, is if we don't apply that, then we end up like the Pharisees and we end up just sitting around having debates over doctrine. And that's not what God wants. He wants us to not only be hearers of the word, but doers. He said, go into all, and ma- into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So we need to be leading people to Christ. That's what this is all about, is in allowing God to work within our lives. Because if we just have spiritual gluttony where we overeat and don't exercise his word, then it's kind of like eating a big bowl of pasta and not going for a walk in the afternoon. We can get fat on it, but we're not exercising it. And his word's the same. We need to feed on it and we need to use it because our faith faith without works is dead. We need to be exercising his word. We go to scripture because we want to draw closer to Jesus. The Bible becomes a window through which we get a clearer picture of who Jesus is. We need his word. We need to know him. We need to walk with him. We need to have that personal relationship with Jesus. Love to ask the musicians to come up today just as we conclude. The unshakable life is hungry for and satisfied by God's word as we daily exercise it. Within each of us, there are desires and appetites. There's a hunger within every single one of us. They drive us to find satisfaction and nourishment. Sadly, for many of us, we've been down the all-too-familiar path of trying to satisfy these legitimate needs through illegitimate ways. Sometimes we've been left worse off. But the wonderful news today is that God is so compassionate towards us. He loves you so much. He placed those desires on the inside of you, and only he can fill them. And sometimes when we go through life, we trip up, we make mistakes, we turn to the wrong things and it's our natural inclination to beat ourselves up and be hard on ourselves and think, how can God love me now? But as we heard this morning, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. His grace is sufficient for us. It doesn't matter how far we've fallen, He can redeem us through the power of of the blood of Jesus. All we have to do is repent from our sin and turn to Him, acknowledge our need for Him, confess our sin. And when we confess our sin, our God is faithful and just and will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's faithful. He's so faithful. Let's bow our heads this morning.
We thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the bread of life. And through relationship with you, we can enjoy true satisfaction and sustenance. That when we are satisfied by you alone, Lord, you place within us the ability to be unshakable through all of life's circumstances, through all of life's disappointments, through everything that knocks us for a six and leaves us lying on the ground just like that person that was beat up by the robbers down the road was saved by the good Samaritan sometimes we feel like that but we thank you Lord your grace is sufficient and today as we spend this time in reflection Lord we open our ears to what you have to say those areas in our lives Lord we might have shut you out of we just welcome you back in today Lord We dare to hope and to trust and believe in you again, that you are the Son of God, that you died and rose again, that we might have relationship with our Heavenly Father, that we might be called sons and daughters of the Most High. There is none like you, Lord. just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning there are some here this morning that you might feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you today you're sensing him showing you things today you might be in this place and you know that you need to respond to God today We thank you, Lord, that in Romans 10, verse 8 to 10 and verse 13 says, The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We thank you, Lord, this morning. The people in this place, Lord. If that's you this morning, you know that you need to respond. You need to call on the name of the Lord to be saved this morning. If that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place today. Might be to make a fresh commitment to him. Maybe you've never said that to the Lord before. If that's you this morning, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place today to respond to him today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. Amen. Amen.